Hello friends, how's it going? It's Matt, you listen to episode 112 of the podcast and yet unbelievably I've got another cold. Definitely hopefully it's not about the old coronavirus picked up on my flight back from the east at the height of the frenzy. Sorry about that anyway, sure you can deal with it. So coincidences seem to be a bit of a theme of the podcast right now and I should preface that by saying I don't actually believe in coincidences. Well, not the idea that there's something going on behind the scenes anyway. I just think they're like things that happen. Nevertheless, even I cannot ignore the fact that certain things have happened recently. There was the random meeting with Lena Stoffel that led to the last episode. And then there was what happened a few days earlier when I bumped into none other than Arthur Longo in the car park at Grand Harafu on what would be his last day in town. Now, I'd never actually formally met him. But I went over and introduced myself anyway, because our paths have crossed over the years. So the first time was in June 2014. And I remember that that clearly, because it was one of them brutal, Christ, I'm getting old, realisations that life dishes out sometimes. So I was in Anglet in France for this annual snowboard industry football tournament called the Atlantic Cup. I was playing for the GB team with Ed Lee, James Stenterford and some other pals. Maybe we were England, I can't remember. Anyway, we drew the French in the quarterfinals with none other than Arthur among their team. At one point I was at the back, the ball came across, found myself in a bit of a foot race with Longo. I had a solid three metre head start, so naturally assumed I was getting to that ball first all day long. Imagine my, well, chagrin when I found myself running through what appeared to be treacle as Arthur languidly strode past me, got to the ball before me and slotted it in the bottom corner. Ouch. I mean, granted I was 37 at the time and he was 25, but still... Stayed with me that, as you can tell. Anyway, then there was the second time our paths crossed, which was this last summer just gone, when we recorded this podcast with Blake Paul. So allow me to explain. My friend Matt George is one of the finest snowboarding photographers in the game. He's been around for years. He shoots with the best riders out there. And he's also got a long-term association with Vans. And one of the things he's been doing, a book and zine projects every year. You might have seen him really beautifully presented records of his season and the riders he's been shooting. I think he did first layer from Japan and Switzerland last year. Anyway, this year he came back with a new project called Triple and he asked me to get involved and write the words for the whole thing. So the triple idea was based upon representing the three sides of snowboarding street, backcountry and park and pairing up two riders for one shoot in each area. So he got Rene and Fridge together for Park, Danimals and Benny Urban, I promise I'm not making these names up, for Street, and Arthur Longo and Blake Paul for Backcountry. The idea was that he didn't he, that I'd interview him and then write it up for the books. So I'm sure you can see where I'm going with this. I kind of thought, well, if I'm going to go to the trouble of interviewing him and recording it, I might as well basically record it so we can see if it can be released as a podcast now regular listeners to the show will probably know i'm a bit of a snob when it comes to doing interviews over skype it just sounds fucking shit i hate the lack of eye contact the junkiness of the sound and the virtual barrier to a real connection conversation i humbly suggest you can hear it when you hear a skype podcast but there you go you do you anyway recently i've been wondering if i should relax my stance a little and this seemed like a good place to start. So that's what I did. I sent Blake and Arthur mics. If you're going to do a Skype thing, at least go to the fucking trouble of sending them mics. And we arranged a time to sit down and catch up about the whole thing. It turned out pretty well. So well that I thought, well, I'll release this conversation as an episode of the show. And uh, I kind of forgot about it, if I'm going to be honest. And then, you know, I bump into Arthur in Japan. He drops side hits Euphoria last week. And here we are. Timely, eh? 
like I said, coincidences. So what's really interesting about this conversation anyway is that you get an insight into how two such stellar riders like these two approach a project like this. They're obviously absolutely incredible snowboarders, but as became clear during our chat, they've got different approaches and uh, we talked right into what they look like. So yeah, it's a proper snowboard geek fest, this one. Well, it has been a while. And basically a bit of an experiment to see how it would work, try to record a three-way chat over Skype. I reckon it turned out pretty well. There are a lot of summer references in this one because, like I say, I recorded it in the summer. I'm sure you'll live. Um, I'll be back at the end to wrap things up. In the meantime, here's me, Blake Paul and Arthur Longo. Backcountry triple. Enjoy. How are you boys doing? Where, whereabouts are you? Blake, where are you? You're on the East Coast, right? Uh, yeah, right now I'm just visiting family. I'm in uh, New Jersey, uh, just south of Ocean City, New Jersey, in this little beach town. Um, my grandma lives here, and my aunt's here, and my brother and my mom. So just kind of hanging with them for five days. Nice. And what's the plan? Just a summer, summer chill, just a little downtime? Yeah, pretty much. Um, just come to the east coast every once in a while in the summer to hang uh with friends and family and so i flew to new york and i was hanging out there for a couple of days and then came down here and then i'm gonna go up to montreal as well afterwards nice are you, are you coming to berlin at some point <laughs> <laughs> yeah probably at some point how's Ber- how's berlin how long have you lived there yeah, no, I say Berlin, but I actually just got in France at my parents as well, like uh, today. Um, it's cool. It's really cool to be back uh, in the mountains a bit. And yeah, I spent a lot of time in Berlin the last uh, few months. And, yeah. And it's cool. I really, I like it there. And I think what made it um, really enjoyable to this summer is that I started kind of a, a course for like graphic design. So that was like, sort of a, a daily thing to do and that was uh, that was like giving me a purpose for being far from the mountains and that made it like super cool so yeah it's it, it's really cool to be there and how, how's that um, going is that fun yeah it's cool it's not like i wouldn't say fun but it's um it's exciting and like i really got like a uh, good motivation for this it's like um obviously not like going snowboarding or anything but i really got excited by this and and once you start to pay more attention about this kind of stuff you just like uh, see more and more and obviously in berlin it's like pretty cool to see uh yeah to see a, a lot of stuff you know yeah so, right yeah. big big cultural city right a lot going on a lot, of, a lot of music a lot of underground a lot of stuff to see yeah that yeah and that's super fun for sure yeah, yeah. so do you boys try and do that in the summer do you try and find things to do to occupy your mind to, to have a bit of a break because obviously the winters are pretty full-on right so is that is that a good thing to do is that something that you do quite a lot Arthur? uh that's kind of new for me i used to compete and be like a still a bit like really excited about snowboarding in the summer and like not really like try to push it away at all like during the year but this is like I knew I didn't necessarily want to like snowboard that much this summer and also wanted to focus on that. So it's, it's kind of new and it's, uh, it's pretty cool. It's, it's, re- I really like it, but I, I've had summers where I was more just like staying in the mix, just going riding and like staying in touch with it way more. Yeah. 
yeah yeah how about you blake do you how do you what, what do you like doing in the summer is it similar thing like just try and find a way to get a break from it yeah uh, yeah for sure i feel like that's kind of a thing to make sure you do like all the time just to get away from it when you need to but uh i don't i wouldn't say anything like super particular i definitely like skateboard and snowboard and that's obviously similar but uh definitely try and like travel a lot and um spend some time in southern california uh just living with like some friends there and hanging out there which is just kind of like completely different um what is that like encinitas carlsbad sort of yeah yeah exactly it's kind of like a cliche snowboarder thing to do to like go down there for the summer but it's pretty fun to hang and surf and skate there and Ah, oh, um, so fun down there. I was there yeah. in April. I mean, it's like sno- it's like snowboard retirement village, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. There's like a couple other friends that are kind of doing do the same thing, and people come in and out of town a lot. So, um, yeah, yeah, I liked it. I was uh, Nick Hamilton's a really good old friend of mine, so I went and stayed with oh, Nick. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, I've seen him around down there. Yeah, and I mean, it's a guys, it's a nice lifestyle down there, isn't it? For sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Apart from all the sharks that they've got right now. Yeah, apart from uh, sharks and uh, just overcrowded people. And also, uh, yeah, recently there it was kind of um, crazy. There was like a landslide on the beach. Yeah, and right, in that, Lucadia, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah that, like, I think that ended up like killing a couple of people. So that's also kind of crazy that just happened there. But And uh, so when will the season start kicking in again for you boys? Are you already starting to think about snow or is it it a little bit too soon? Uh, Blake doesn't go snowboarding until until February or something. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. (laughs) No, I don't know. Like hopefully early enough, but there's not like super exciting options early. But for sure, like trying to step on the boards like in October and like trying to find some like snow parks or glacier options. But yeah, it's not the most exciting moment, but time. I guess it gets more real like in December maybe. And uh, and and I didn't make plans yet. I have to find plans for December. On a, like every season I'm like, okay, December is going to be such a good warm up. Like I'm going to ride so much and be on point for January. And then it kind of <laughs> never happens. But yeah, we still have to make plans, Blake. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think my plan every year, I usually try to just go to like uh, the Jackson opening, Jackson Hole Mountain Resort. So I try to like go back there um, just because that's like where I grew up riding and stuff. So it's cool to be there if they have like good snow for opening. Um, that's pretty much the first place I go every year or just somewhere in Utah. But I usually leave, yeah, SoCal around November and migrate back to Salt Lake City, Jackson area for first time on snow. Nice. And how about the rest of the summer? Have you got any got anything fun planned? Got any surf trips or anything like that? Or are you just cruising? Um, I'm going to Australia, uh, I think for the Holy Bowley. That's like middle middle of September. Yeah. Is that Bondi? Uh, I think it's at Redbow, if that's right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm thinking the skate one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, I don't really know too much about it. I actually just booked the trip like two days ago. But uh, yeah, just flying there for like 10 days. I've never been to Australia and they're doing the holy bully there. So cruising out. Oh, man, that'll be epic. Yeah. I'm going with like the Mervyn crew and Forrest um, and Jesse Burtner and 
yeah, it'll be a sweet little like 10 day trip kind of using snowboarding as a excuse to go to Australia because I probably wouldn't really go there otherwise. Yeah, you're going to do some traveling around. So you got time to do a bit of that? Yeah, I think we're riding uh, at the resort for four or five days. And then we have like four or five days um, on the way back to Sydney to stop and skate and surf and cruise around. Oh, man, it's such a good town, Sydney. It, you'll, you'll, have a, you'll have a good time. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, a lot, lot to do. Um, loads of good skating, good surfing. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be rad. Yeah, nice. So how how was the uh, how's the winter just gone then? Did you boys have a have a good time? Good, you know, because obviously you did this this Chamonix thing. But how was the rest of it? Was it fun? Yeah, um, <clears throat> for me it was not like the luckiest winter I've ever 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 had. But that was like super cool. I stayed uh, in Europe like uh, all winter, and it's basically what I'm trying to do a lot. Like I kind of uh, feel bad when there's like a a crew coming to Europe and I, I I don't really know it as much as I should. And so like, I really love like spending time here and trying to like almost go to as many resorts as possible and just like trying to find new options and stuff. So I was really stoked on that. And, and yeah, Blake came to Chamonix. Chamonix is kind of like a tradition by now. Yeah. <laughs> I hope we keep it going. <laughs> it kind of um, is. <laughs> That's a nice but, tradition. Yeah, it's really, really fun there. It's kind of new for me too. So it's not like, well, every time we're doing something there, we're like discovering like new ways or like, you know, like how to not get uh, trapped somewhere or like 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 a new zone or something or figuring things out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's always uh, like a good good amount of uh, adventures when we go there. And uh, I really like this process of like, figuring it out just by by ourselves you know just like by making making mistakes that makes it like really fun yeah well it's and en- it's endless in that place isn't it i mean it's like a it's like a life's work isn't it i mean you could literally yeah well it, pe- people do funny, don't they because <laughs> because of the how the valley is made and like the mountains you can almost like see everything but when you look closer it's actually you know way bigger than you can imagine and so and so from far, you you could be thinking you you should go like one way, but actually not. And and so it's yeah, it's really always funny to figure this out. So how long have you guys been? Have have you known each other? Because it sounds like you've been riding together a lot over the years. First year landline or something, or the end, or maybe sec- you didn't really start shooting until the second year, huh? Yeah, more like uh, that that winter seventeen. Yeah, in yeah. Canada. Yeah, in Canada. Yeah, I probably, I drove up from Jackson to Revelstoke, uh, like February of that. And I think that was like the first time we, I don't know if it was the first time we met or we hung out or, yeah, that was like our first trip. But, um, so not that long, honestly. Yeah. But then you've been doing a few trips since then, obviously, by the sounds of it. Yeah. We went to Chamonix last year. Um, I was only there for or two years ago, I guess. I was only there for like a cup, like a week or something. And then <laughs> for two days, yeah, for like four days or something. But, uh, well, we did that. And then we just basically traveled around Canada a lot. There was Austria in, in January. Oh yeah. And Austria too. Oh yeah. Duh. 
That was cool. Whereabouts in Austria were you? Um, so um, in Alberg, but like uh, that was like during the crazy snow dumps. Uh, and yeah. I think like it was like for most of the biggest resort was like hard to even like drive to them. So we really picked up like random places. We were like uh, staying in the valley in the uh, land and then we went only to resorts I didn't know and um or not only actually we went to some classics after but um yeah it was like again like really cool but I mean that was by far the like the best snow we had in the winter and probably maybe the the best snow I ever seen in Europe so that was like amazing that's high high praise indeed I mean it was a pretty pretty amazing storm wasn't it I really like that about Austria though the fact that you can you know just end up in some random valley and the, then there's all these little little hills that you've never heard of and it's just a lot a lot of exploring to do isn't there yeah 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 and i feel that they i don't know the the like the snow dumps are like really like proper they're like um to come back to chamonix like we really like that spot but honestly we we've never had like perfect conditions there it's always like so it's gonna be like wind scoured on one side, or like uh, maybe just sweat on one side, or like bad weather. Or it's not the. I mean, the snow conditions are not as like as good as it can get in Austria. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's kind of part of the 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 challenge of Chamonix, isn't it? You know, so many so many variables with it, like the terrain, the crowds, the weather, the snow. That when you you, you have to work pretty hard at it, right? To kind of to to sort of get it good and get lucky as always it's just constantly weather is changing at all times of the day it can just be like fogged in for like days on end or just be like hot and like 50 degrees fahrenheit for days on end um so it's kind of i don't know i wouldn't say that like they really have like pow days where like snow lasts like all day or like through a couple of days or i've never really seen that maybe you've seen that arthur um not not so much over there but yeah no sham is sham is fun anyway but yeah it doesn't get like just like proper like it can in british columbia or somewhere you know no no not at all it's just a pretty it's a pretty unique experience isn't it really you know have you done have you done much more riding in europe blake or is it just those couple of trips trying to think i've been to um switzerland once uh i can't think of the name right now for some reason oh sasfe i've been to i've been to sasfe and pretty much just all around austria like a lot of driving around austria for european riding i don't really know if i've been anywhere else in europe for riding maybe italy we call all this uh region uh germany for for Blake, it's all Germany. Yeah, <laughs> where, where, wherever he goes, <laughs> is this Germany? <laughs> yeah, we have a joke that it's just Germany. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it can can be like that for sure. Yeah. So how so how did this trip come about? And so Matt kind of approached you first, Arthur. Is that right? Yeah. Or uh, Bruno is taking care of it like a bit, and Dave or is totally taking care of it um and they've done like first layer you know for like three years and so and so bruno had to come with another name and he said the project was gonna be triple (laughs) and so that's the that was this project but basically yeah just uh, casual like trying to 
um, to film something on only one trip. And and yeah, uh, the the one of course we did was uh, the backcountry one, and then the guys went to uh, to a street one and to um, to a snowpark one, and then so Bruno was like, okay, cool, like who would you like to ride with, and like who would you want the filmer to be, and and so I picked my my two favorite, Jake and, and Blake. <laughs> yeah, it was Jake, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 That's, that was... He picked us because we're the most down and we're the most uh, down to do like sketchy shit. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, you you follow me. I like I like because we'll follow you where other people won't follow you <laughs> out of stupidity. So that's yeah. so that's so that's that was the plan. You were like, okay, these boys are down. And was was Chamonix always the plan? Did that was that something that you chose, or or was that something that Bruno and Matt talked about as well? Um, I was there a few weeks before and it was like starting to look pretty good already. And, and it was like definitely snow forecast related, uh, uh, the final call to go there and, um, and also, yeah, the place for sure. But, um, we, we definitely were like, you know, checking the weather in Europe in general and like we would have, we could have gone like somewhere else. And, um, but it looked, yeah, it, it was actually in pretty good conditions. So how long was the trip? Uh, something like 10 days. Maybe? Yeah, it was somewhat short to like try and do a whole project, but 10 yeah. days, I think. And I'm interested in kind of finding out how you planned it really. Cause like, like we're saying, when you're in somewhere like Sham, you've got to be pretty, pretty flexible and, you know, very, very dependent on what the conditions are like, you know, a bit of luck involved. Um, yeah, we go like pretty like day by day or like if not day by day, like basically Airbnb booking by Airbnb booking and uh, <laughs> average Airbnb booking is maybe three nights. And then after three nights, we have to pack again and then drive to another Airbnb yeah. either like somewhere else, like in, in the Alps, if like the conditions are like, became like really bad or just like stay and decide to like, you know, if you if you've seen like some spots that could like use like a a little uh, snow dump that you could do in a few days, or you know, like if you if you know that there's like more potential for more days, we usually like extend the trip a little bit. So that's and that that was the plan. We we knew that we had um, the Switzerland option like really not far, and that it could be like better on one side uh, than the other at some point. So. So we had this in mind, but in the end, like, also you start like investing a bit of time, the, the few days and like, at some point you're like, to make it worth it, you kind of have to stay a little longer, like to, to really like, really do what you plan to do and all that. And, and in the end, like if you can do the whole project in like, in this valley, it's of course gonna look kind of like nicer cause it all looks the same and it's like, it's pretty cool to see footage from there. Yeah. So, so it, it's a bit like day by day how it goes. Yeah, and did you um, because you mentioned the kind of exploratory side of it, you know, like part of the 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 thing that you like about that valley is the fact that there's a lot of exploring and a lot of working out. Is that is that was that part of the plan as well to kind of represent that side of of snowboarding? Yeah, maybe a little bit, or like honestly, when we when it was like just time to film or just like 
basically like all the time just like trying to do something you know like not yeah. being super strategic but so i always try to like keep a good amount of the two of like not going to the same places but in the same time trying to be a little productive because the the guys are not here forever and like we should get stuff while we can you know so it's always a bit of the two like um taking taking a bit of risk of like going to a new place or like you know or like going to the the classics and but then it's also less exciting so it's always a bit of of the of both yeah look like i saw the 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 edit today actually that jake did and yeah it looked like you got around kind of covered most of the main areas right built the guida midi built flager built brevon like kind of all over the place right? yeah exactly and and all of that is really not that that hard to reach or anything you know it's just uh it's just right there like if you if you really open your eyes you can like find these spots and and i think it's something i really enjoy and probably blake too uh it's just that we don't have to go hike for like three hours to find something. I mean, if we if we know what's there and we're really excited about th- something, we'll like do it for sure. We we don't have to, you know. We of course do this as well. But I like the vibe of like being not too far from the leaves and like being able to go take one lap sometimes. And like I, I really love this uh, this kind of riding. It's, yeah, it's cool. And Blake, how how do you find it compared to where you're used to riding? more like obviously the like what you're looking at is just more extreme so there's just kind of that ominous vibe probably like that makes it stand out the most because the mountains and like the terrain is just extremely different compared to like what i'm used to um and then physically riding like when you're on the resort i mean it's pretty just like it's all above tree line or most of it seems like above tree line um and just pretty like standard i'd say like you're definitely working with less snow um i think than like whistler and all that i wouldn't say you're like rolling up on like amazing terrain like covered in snow most of the time it would be like a bunch of really cool looking terrain that doesn't really work out because of the way this the snow is or like the way that the, the terrain is right yeah, there's, de- there's like definitely a, sounds like chamonix yeah or there's like a <laughs> massive cliff there's like a perfect jump and you could go hit it but there's like a 500 million foot cliff into like rocks at the bottom like kind of like so you're like all right well we're not gonna go like hit that because that could happen but other than that, I love the train because uh, one, like my favorite zone is, um, I think the Aguima D, uh, <laughs> if I say that right. <laughs> but, uh, Leguia. I, what? Yeah. <laughs> say it. Yeah. I, no, Leguia D, yeah, that was good. That was, that was good. perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, was, it was no worse than mine when I said that. Yours sounded proper. I didn't even know what you were saying. For I lived second. there for five years and I still, <laughs> I still can't say it properly. Um, but uh, I, that's my favorite zone because it was pretty much just straightforward. Like you're right below all these crazy mountains and cliffs. It gets like insane late light, but uh, the terrain is pretty like mellow. Honestly, it's like pretty not like pretty flat, like not super steep. And then there's just a bunch of crazy rock formations and like snow on rocks that create like cool gaps with little trannies, um, mostly. Uh, but that sounds cool because it's huge and you can kind of see it from everywhere, but you can't really see what's there until you're like actually hiking around in it. Yeah. So do you find, do you find you 
like approach that that terrain and that's that snowpack differently than than you would in North America? I mean, I guess it's like fairly straightforward. If you see something that like looks good to ride, you got to go check it out and make sure it works. So it kind of works like anywhere, but definitely there it seems a little bit more like you didn't really know what the snow would be like in the landing or or (laughs) like a lot more often or like you didn't really know after you landed like how you were going to get back to the top at all or you know like how you're going (laughs) to hike back because it looked like kind of sketch but I kind of just honestly let Arthur uh take some risks <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's the guinea pig i'm mostly just thinking about the front three that he does in the video the it, it's like on a step down off of like a bunch of cornices kind of yeah um i don't know like super sunlit face but goes into like a valley of just like no one had gone down there at all and you definitely like couldn't keep going and you had to hike up like some really steep like sketchy bushy stuff to like get back but in the end, it was pretty mellow. It just seems kind of sketch at first. Yeah. So how how do you guys when you when you when you like try when you're on the shoot and you try to pick shots, you try to pick features. Like, do you guys work pretty well together? Do you tend to like riding similar things, or do you have different approaches to it? Blake, what do you want to say about this? I'd say like basically overall we we have this sounds, this, ta- this sounds tactful i feel like well yeah overall like we want to ride together and film on the same stuff and probably have like the same mentality towards filming and process but i think when we like get to things arthur will have like a pretty different eye or way of building it than when i get there and i'm like no we should build it like this and he's like no we should build it like this and this is going to be better. And sometimes his, I'm maybe just like a little bit shy of because I'm like, dude, I can't like go that big and survive. Like, I don't really know if that's <laughs> going to work. Or sometimes it's like something as basic as like building a small hip. And I'm like, just like telling him he's got to like, he's angled like so wrong or something. But then I, I don't know if it works for him or whatever. I'd say, honestly, I'd give us like a solid 50-50, like 50% of the chance I'm right, 50% of the chance he's right. Totally, because yeah, when you I'm more real, right, like, I'm more realistic. I think on on specific <laughs> things, we're like we're like different, but like on the overall, like spending time in the mountain and like you know riding together and all that, we feel like pretty good with this. But when it comes to like how something should work and how you should like deal with it and stuff, and we're like pretty different, like. Also, sometimes there's some stuff I would just like do it quick and 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 just try to move on, and then and then Blake would like wear his sunglasses and start with like a sandwich, and then like <laughs> <laughs> granola bar, and then yeah, but you do it quick because and then you like set it up and it's just not even set up, like and you're like hiking up there and like you don't even know if the running's gonna work but in your head you think like you might just hit it this time and then we might just leave yeah oh that's true i think no um blake does it like kind of smartly like say when he decides to make something work it's gonna work and he puts the time like making it and maybe sometimes i'm a bit too excited or i start like building wrong or like something or or anyway yeah that's that's normal like i I've never been with someone that would you you think the same way all the time, you know, and that's why it's fun as well. Well, yeah, I was going to say because obviously the fun part there is like seeing it through different people's eyes as well, right? Like you know, seeing the way your friends read terrain and and what 
what how they want to approach it's kind of educational in itself isn't it yeah i'd say it's also just somewhat of like a natural reaction maybe after just like in like a dynamic if he says one thing like to just say the complete opposite it's not like <laughs> it's not really like it's just my opinion it's more of just like well what about this just to like just to do it you know what i mean because it's the yeah complete, yeah it's the complete opposite and like well maybe this would be cooler or something you know what i mean but just because you're like up there is whatever trying to find stuff like bullshitting yes there's definitely sometimes where we like don't agree at all and then it's just like all right we're just doing it one person's way and like it's kind of awkward probably for like 15 minutes maybe <laughs> yeah but which is totally fine as well we totally accept to disagree i mean which i mean of course like someone really wants to do something and the other doesn't then yeah you just in the end you, you if someone really feels it we should always push the people to to do it and that like everyone goes because about it this way and it's normal yeah so what about the relationship with with matt and, and jake because obviously you said that um you know you you start to work with jake like what what is it What's what makes a good relationship with with filmers and photographers when you're doing this kind of project? Yeah, what is super cool with Matt is that is like really like always in a good mood and like kind of like doing his stuff. Like you don't really see how much he's doing. I mean, you know that he's running around like a lot, but it's like what he's like getting out of these trips is quite crazy. You know, like um, it's just. I know he knows his way around and he's like super efficient and he likes adventure as well. Like really like, you know, we could be all day out, like trying hard. He would never want to go home or he would never be tired. Yeah. And that's, dude, dude's a worker, right? He works hard. He gets a lot. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Super hard, but really enjoys the time as well. Like, um, it's, it's super nice. And I would say that Jake is kind of, kind of the same, like is, is really like going for it um uh he loves adventures that's for sure and and same you don't realize how much he does and and like uh we didn't like for so we shot this uh or jake shot shot it in 16 and so we didn't see anything until like uh recently and so we probably forgot some of it and all that but like when we saw the clip, we were like, oh, wow, that's actually, he actually really killed it. Like, we didn't know we filmed that much. And, and you know, so that sounds like it happened kind of naturally. Of course, it's not like it just not didn't happen just like this. But um, when you get this feeling of things that are like a bit smooth, it's, yeah, obviously just the best. Yeah. Have you worked a lot with him, Blake, over the years? Um, yeah, I've worked with Jake over the years, for sure. Definitely, like, through Landline, and then, I mean, maybe a little bit before. I've known him forever. Um, and, yeah, just, I've never, uh, yeah, I never had met Matt before the trip. But, honestly, they're, like, pretty much similar in the way that they work. They're both, like, you don't really know what they're doing, and you kind of, like, question <laughs> it a little bit sometimes. <laughs> just sometimes. And then like you see the final product and it all makes sense or whatever you know it's really impressed i was definitely really impressed when matt said through all his photos because we didn't see anything on the trip either i knew jake would definitely have like stuff up his sleeve because i've like experienced that before but uh matt kind of had the same outcome i like saw all these photos and stuff it's a lot of times with like 
that stuff that you don't think is cool necessarily when you're doing it or you like hate it while you're doing it because it feels like weird or whatever ends up being super cool and then like when you see the photo or the whether it's just like hitting a little hip and like doing like a grab or whatever um ends up being like one of the better photos or cooler clips and i don't know that just seemed to happen a lot when i was looking at everything more recently that's cool though so you can kind of trust them that if you that 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 they've got the eye to kind of you know get the goods basically you're kind of quite happy to get on with it and see what they come up with by the sounds of it totally yeah they're not really the kind of photographer or filmer that you would just like try to find an angle with you know you just like let them <laughs> do it yeah and and you're happy to let them do it because you just know it should be good and that that's a really good feeling yeah. you, tr- you trust that judgment basically that they're gonna they're gonna see it in the right way so uh, was there a session on the trip that stands out because obviously 10 days it looks like like i said from the clip that you got around a lot um what what were both of your guys sort of favorite session from that trip um i'd probably say the best session or the one that surprised us the most was uh the hip like the backside for regular hip uh session just because that was like probably one of the the bigger things we hit i didn't really think it was gonna work but then arthur did (laughs) and we made it blake wanted to do a jump on it Was this was this another debate? <laughs> uh, this is a, definitely a debate that he won for sure. But. Yeah. Oh, and you had a, you really felt shitty during the day at some point, no? Oh yeah, that is true. Like during the build, I yeah. was like super lightheaded, and I couldn't like I had to like lay down yeah. for a while. I couldn't. I had like my eyes were like twitching out. It was pretty weird. I think I was like used to the elevation. I don't know. But yeah, it ended up, we probably left the house at like 1 p.m. And then got up there. At <laughs> nice like, and early start. <laughs> yeah, got up there at like 2 or 3 because the best light is from like 5 till like 8 or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then we like hiked over to this zone. We I think we had maybe like seen this hit before. Or you had seen it. Yeah, we had seen this. Yeah. yeah we'd been, from the days before. And we built it or we like argued about building it. I just wanted to like launch off the side because like the shadow was on the landing at first and the whole thing was like in the shadow. So it was kind of hard to tell like how steep stuff was, but it looked like huge. Yeah. Um, as normally like landings look steeper and more big in the shadow or whatever. But uh, so I think that was kind of like, we. but Arthur wanted to build like a jump, like basically a hip on the whole mound. And I was like, oh, that's not even possible to get speed. I don't know. And then we they just like started building it. We built it and then it was done. And basically it was like golden light. So and we had like plenty of light. So we did it um, and it worked out like super well. I'd say so. Um, I definitely shot like not as big as I thought it what felt, but it could have just been because there's like giant cliffs all over the place and you can't really like tell or the mound of snow is pretty big in general. Was that the same for you, Arthur? Did you same same session stand out for you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the the kind of like session that makes like everyone like really happy, you know? And it's not it's not every day, that's for sure. Like there's like some days like this, you just uh, even on the ride down, because like after like from there at the hip, there's like still like quite a quite a mission to get back to the um, to the ski resort. And 
And even this is like such a good time, you know, after a session like this. It's like everyone is like, know that we just did something good and then we enjoyed the ride down. And there's like, yeah, just, just, yeah, it's a really good time. And, um, and yeah, I feel the same way about the, about that session because it went actually super easy. Again, we were like, not sure it's, there would be enough speed or, you know, there's always something that could go wrong. And then I think we just landed all the time and there was like, super nice to ride and when you approached this trip arthur because you know so many pretty well i i think did you did you have spots in mind or was it was it a mix actually not so much like this one we saw it on this trip i saw it for the first time it's also like it's at uh plan you know so like uh, midway up we i i think there's like way more there than we can do that i still don't know so you know like the general like um area i would i would go back there and probably do some stuff i don't know you know in the yeah. future yeah so it's it's more like this like <clears throat> knowing where there's like potential and where you you think there could be something and then and then and then we do it like on the spot kind of like to find like the one feature you know and um of course there's like spots i did in the past that I kept in mind for like maybe redoing one day, but I'm not too much like this. But I think like this uh, hip, I would I would love to do it again like one year or like maybe this year would be like really cool. Just because I mean we did it really well, but I think we could maybe put some more pop on it and like and um, and things like this. And and it's funny. There's also like when I don't really know where to go. There's that one place I'm going to sometimes and it actually and that I keep going trying to do stuff, but it just doesn't work. So yeah, yeah, it's it's funny how how things work. And like sometimes there's like something like pretty easy, pretty close to the slope that you didn't really, you know, thought about doing and that's like a cool spot and yeah. So but I definitely wanna think that is like a lot of things to do and like you don't have to just like you know like travel always further and further and like so i really try to keep my eyes open and like find new new stuff uh even though you know the place you know yeah and one question that i had was because you you know obviously this is a bit of a different approach to try and film and shoot um essentially a section in like one one hit rather than trying to do it over a season or over a longer period. Is that, was there any pressure on that? Did, did it get stressful or, or was it pretty mellow the whole time? I think it was mellow because uh, we got stuff going, but you know, if, if we didn't and if we kind of felt stuck and unlucky and, you know, maybe had like a few more sessions of like not landing and stuff could have, could have gone, you know, not like super nice. Um, I think it, it always depends on the, like, you know, the rhythm of the trip and the vibe and how it works. And, and it, it came like not easy, but it came, it, you know, it came every day we did stuff and it was like a good, good feeling every day. But yeah, of course they, they could, you could feel the pressure to, yeah you know, get stuff and it just doesn't come together. That happens for sure. Yeah. Blake, was that a pretty typical routine that you were describing earlier on the trip? 
when you were saying like you know like get the light late on and approach it that way yeah i think like eventually basically what happened was with weather was it was kind of like so-so in the very beginning and then like with kind of cloudy days with some snow but it wasn't that good and then we got a storm and then we had like a little bit of fresh snow for a couple days and then it just got um hot like pretty quick so it was hot and sunny for like honestly three quarters of the trip it felt like so every day like basically you were just looking for landings in the shade um and riding early was kind of like not really like because the light wasn't really good for like landing that early and the way it all works out um so yeah generally once like the snow went bad everywhere that we were like done looking around we kind of had one or one or two areas that we know had like at least some landings to go to um but yeah it was basically just go up and with like our best guess of where it would be good and just kind of like cruise around a little bit we did go back to some stuff that we had hiked to the previous season um together or the same zones but kind of would go like a little different way or whatever have you guys got plans to do more trips together or Oh, yeah, yeah, hopefully. Uh, like, Vance is making a movie. Uh, Tanner started to shoot it this uh, this year. That's what we were doing in Austria um, in January. And um, so that was originally going to be um, a movie around uh, Jack Kizik. And then I think now it's more like of a like a full, full squad thing. And so we pretty much like most of us have signed up for more time together. <laughs> so, and I still have never been to Jackson. So of course that would be like really cool to go. Um, maybe go see Gooch uh, at some point there. It's still on my, on my list. I uh, yeah, it's on my short list for sure to visit there. Nice. So well, I actually had a couple of questions about just a, b- a bit more general really. Because, you know, obviously you guys are associated with particular, like, you know, you grew up in, you grew up like around like Le Desalp, right, Arthur? And like yes, more yeah. towards the, the south side of the Alps. Um, were those were those areas like influences on, on how you ride today? Yeah, I think um, definitely like snow condition wise, we're not, not like that spoiled, you know, like... Uh, here it's like super windy and like rocky and 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 big mountains and like i probably just like like found my own way to have fun with it yeah but in the same time there was like there was like a good snow park and and there was like a lot of snowboarders so it was definitely like a a, like you know for sure a dream place to grow up uh at and um but it's it's not the kind of uh, terrain where it's like super fun with like one meter of power, you know. It's uh, it's always a bit chalky, always a bit sketchy, and so I probably just say yeah, fun, fun my way to have fun with it, and and that probably also comes with like uh, resort riding more, you know, because it's less sketchy, just like sided stuff and just like ride fast in the resort and just have fun with the little little bits you know yeah yeah for sure i mean i've ridden a lot in france and it's kind of the game isn't it yeah that's that's, <laughs> that's 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 what the riding is really a lot of the time isn't it you know um how about you blake yeah i mean basically i started snowboarding like super young age my whole family snowboards my uh, older brother and older sister and my parents so we moved um from vermont 
when I was seven to Jackson. Um, and so I nice. think they, I had started snowboarding already because they basically just got me to snowboard after I skied for like a year or two when I was like four or five years old. Um, and then once I got to Jackson, I was just started to like get on the snowboard team there and we didn't really have necessarily like a good park or we're like hitting like park jumps and riding pipe a lot. We did have it a little bit. Um, but so a lot of times like, yeah, we were just riding the whole mountain on power days or, um, maybe getting like a little bit more of like actual riding like terrain on my, uh, board, like at a young age. Um, and then kind of once you get older, I did like a bunch of contests and traveled around a little bit, um, throughout Utah and California and all that. Um, but yeah, once I kind of saw like what backcountry snowboarding was and like what Jackson had to offer, like, I think it was just kind of natural to like transition to that as soon as possible. Um, just yeah, being there and whatever. Um, so got a few role, got a few role models over there as well, right? Yeah, and just definitely having like uh, Gooch be there and Mark Carter and like Rob. Cato yeah, he's he's and, an amazing snowboarder, isn't he, Carter? Yeah, he's pretty crazy. And then I had like my sisters, like friends, and uh, I was close with Alex Yoder forever. So it was just like that whole scene. It's just if I'm gonna like be doing that, it's kind of I guess just pretty natural to do that when you're growing yeah. up there. How about how about you, Arthur? How about riders who who when you when you were coming up, who did you kind of look to as an influence? Uh, I guess there was like a lot of like local like really good riders like you know the like um, there was like a snowboard club and and so there was like uh, when I was a kid like there there would be like grown ups like a more like a, a bit like yeah young adults like riding with us all the time and like. Um, I mean, I could throw names, but they, they were like not famous or any, like not even like sponsored. Maybe they were just like reaping the resort, you know? So yeah. it was like super easy to find, um, someone to ride with, but like pretty early, like, um, cause my dad was filming some snowboarding as well. He's a, he was a filmer. And, oh, really? uh, I really, I didn't realize that. Yeah, is a photographer now, but he used to like shoot the guys like on snow as well. And um and he, he used to shoot uh Guillaume Chastagnol. I don't know. Yeah, god, I remember I remember Guillaume Chastagnol. Yeah, he's like uh yeah. snow kite legend. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, a- absolute and, ruler like and like yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, like a crazy snowboarder. Yeah, like and, like like proper old school AK parts, right? And you know, like yeah, I remember yeah. him having like crazy backside sevens in AK like twenty years ago. Like yeah, it was like yeah, really one of the best at the time. And and basically, I could go on like filming sessions with them. Like I mean, I wouldn't necessarily ride, but I would just like go to to watch them, you know. So. And there was also like the Mondial du, du Snow, you know, like this pretty big event where like like all the famous like riders would come, you know. So I, I saw like pretty early, like a lot of like good snowboarders. Like, yeah. And again, not only just the famous one, just like just the the local dogs, you know, were like amazing snowboarders. And I could just like go with them all the time. Yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, the French scene back then, well, always been so strong, but yeah, like some amazing snowboarders back then. Yeah, yeah, definitely. For sure. Um, nice. So 
the f- the film next year, the project, and uh, and see see what's going to happen. Basically, see how the season unfolds by the sounds of it. Yeah, I think we have like like we should do something with Welcome, like pretty cool as well. Like, and then and then Vance or our project with Tanner is pretty much going to be like a main thing again, like something you want to like spend the time doing it right. So I think that's like really yeah kind of the main focus for next year and that probably means that Blake and I have to have to <laughs> have to, <laughs> to go out do some more arguing yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you've no, also I, I, I want to say it now Blake I really like writing <laughs> <laughs> you know that yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't have to say it now it's you, a, it you sounds know. funny it sounds like I reckon everyone 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 recognizes <laughs> that dynamic for sure <laughs> Um, but you've yeah. you've also done some some like graphics on the project, right? Matt was saying, Arthur, have you been doing some of the design work on it? Oh uh, yeah, actually. <laughs> so there wasn't any directions for for this, but basically Matt is taking care of it. Um, um, you know, with the is uh, making zines for like the three trips, and he asked me, yeah, if I wanted to try like uh, logos or like some designs or scraping stuff, and so. Um, so I, and it's what I do anyway, like almost every day now. So I was just trying some stuff, and I think we're gonna try to use uh, some stuff for the zines. But it's like it's really, <laughs> uh, it's so like it, it. There's nothing to talk about uh, on this like special project because it's like it's really like uh, like silly little lines and stuff. But um, yeah, Matt uh, had tried to just involve me with this, and and that's pretty cool. Also, with like, um, yeah, with my relationship with like the other brands and like friends in general, like uh, I get like more little projects like this, and and I really enjoy that. It's really amazing. It's really cool. So there you go. That was me, Blake, Paul and Arthur Longo chatting about their role in Matt George's forthcoming triple. Um, well, actually forthcoming, so you can tell I wrote this a while ago. It's out now. Um, I did give away some books on my um, newsletter a while back. Matt kindly gave me five to give away and I gave them away. It's another plug for the newsletter because that's the kind of thing that happens. You get free books if you sign up to the newsletter. Anyway, like I said, fascinating insight into exactly what goes down in one of these shoots and how top-level snowboarders operate. I think you'll agree, not much differently from how shit snowboarders operate. Basically, a lot of laughing, a lot of piss-taking, a lot of fucking around, and a lot of very much enjoying that whole snowboarding business. Cheers for doing it, lads. And cheers for being so polite when I called you in the seco the other day, Arthur. So, housekeeping corner. And I thought I'd actually address some of the feedback I got after the Ville Luoma episode here. Definitely ruffled a few feathers, that one. Now, if you haven't listened to it, basically the first hour of the conversation was me and Ville getting extremely geeky about coffee. Like properly, properly geeky. Personally, I enjoyed it. I mean, for me, something like that's a chance to learn something new from somebody clearly passionate about their life and work, which I kind of thought was the point of this whole podcast business. It's fair to say that some listeners didn't really enjoy it. So much so, they actually got in touch to tell me exactly why. 
And one of them who did that is actually a really old mate of mine. So I asked him, obviously, he's a man. There's no way a woman would send me an email, a message like I got, to expand upon his complaints. And here's what he had to say. I guess what I was thinking was that in future, if you find yourself 45 minutes deep into a podcast and the subject continues to be on the nuances of an arbitrary business, then it might be worth stirring it away. It's all right. He's an old mate. He's allowed to talk to me like that. He continues, I've got no idea what your other listeners are there for, but the thing I've always loved about your podcast is that it takes me back to some pretty epic times in my life. So there's more, but you get the point. Very interesting message that I thought on a couple of levels. And like I said, there was more and they basically all said the same thing. And if you'll bear with me, I might have a little unpick of what's going on here. It is housekeeping corner after all. I guess the first thing to say about this is it's basically about how you interview somebody. Um, I mean, obviously a big part of it is me invisibly steering the conversation so you cover as much ground as possible. I often liken it to acting, really. You know, you've got the conversation that you're having with the person, the conversation that you're having in your own head um, where you try to work out what to say next and where you should go. That's why it's never a good idea to do these things hungover because it's really, really stressful. But basically a huge part of it is just about having an interesting conversation with somebody there and then. And that was kind of what was going on with me and Villay, really. I mean, I asked him to get right into it. So he did. And we had a laugh. We enjoyed ourselves. We established a rapport. We had a good conversation about something really esoteric and weird. And then we got onto the snowboarding. I mean, isn't that enough? Isn't that the point of the whole podcast thing? I mean, if I'm not allowed to go down a few niche rabbit holes on this particular corner of the internet, then we might as well pack up and go home, eh? And then there's a second thing, which is basically the idea that I should be trying to predict what individual listeners want to hear. Because the thing is, a lot of people like that episode, and they also contacted me to tell me. So what am I going to do? Am I going to listen to the people who didn't like it or the people who liked it? The answer is, you listen to neither of those people. Instead, you just meet people, have an interesting conversation and put it out into the world. I refer you to point A. And if you really, really don't like it, the next thing to consider is, should you contact the person who made it for free, in my case, and tell them that you don't like it? Now, this comes up a lot with the podcast. I mean, it comes up a lot with the internet in general, if we're being, if we're going to go there. And I've always found it endlessly fascinating, really, what that free thing that guy does isn't exactly to your liking i really like this writer and artist called austin cleon he's got a lot of interesting things to say on this subject but there's one blog post in particular called it wasn't for me look it up it's good but in case you can't be asked basically he tells a story about how a young bloke told you it was always men approached a writer in the street to tell him that he didn't like his latest book that's okay replied the writer it wasn't written for you So there you go. If in future you find yourself consuming some piece of content, internet or otherwise, and decide it isn't to your taste or there's too much coffee chat, simply use the phrase, it wasn't for me, and go about your day. Words to live by. I think you'll agree. Christ, that went on a bit, didn't it? But it is housekeeping corner. I've got no doubt most people have turned off by now. Anyway, big thanks to Matt, George and Vans for getting me involved in the triple project. To Arthur and Blake for being such good sports and to you for listening. See you next time. Nice one.